1: Welcome in. Glad you jumped in to listen to another podcast from Nature Alliance Media. This is Tracy Trimble. I'll be your host for this podcast episode. Craig and I were talking uh, just a couple days about trying to get together and do another podcast together, maybe an interview with uh, a few people, but our schedules right now are just not going to allow it. So we're trying to work through some scheduling and and, uh, hopefully we'll be back together on a podcast. But today it'll just be me telling another story that I found in a newspaper the title of the newspaper is The Shining Eyes. The title alone just caught my attention. And after reading the article, as it turns out, I spent several years through my uh, late high school and early college years actually shining eyes. And here's the modern version of it, or at least back in uh, the late 80s. This was what we would do. Several of us would get together, and I live out, out in the A rural area of kentucky central kentucky several of us would get into a a vehicle and we would take a spotlight and we would spot deer and we would count them we took uh, well i can't say that we didn't take guns because we probably did have some type of gun in the vehicle rifle or shotgun but we never hunted like that we just went out for entertainment we would count deer i think the highest uh, i was trying to remember not to give any false information but definitely Uh, near the 200 count uh, was the highest and we had several several places where we would go and spot deer but we did that quite often and it was a good time go out laugh joke cut up you know how guys are And, and a lot of the the girls at the time would jump in the vehicles with us whenever we got to college we would talk about spotting deer and, and some of the people that grew up in the city had no idea what we were talking about so we would throw them in a vehicle and take them out and we would spot deer up until uh, you know eleven, twelve, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and they really enjoyed it. i mean it's just something they never had experienced but but seeing a large herd of deer like that is something they never did see so it was it was something new now, back then, you could spot legally. What we what we did was nothing illegal. However, today, you cannot spot deer. And I even looked it up. Let me switch over here so I can read it to you. This is for the state of Kentucky. So check your state to make sure you're legal or illegal if you do anything like this. For the state of Kentucky, it says spotlighting. No person may deliberately cast the rays of a spotlight or other artificial light into any field, pasture, woodland, or forest, whether public or private. Where wildlife or domestic livestock may reasonably be expected to be located. Shining artificial lights into private residence or other structures is also prohibited. This does not apply to headlights or vehicles engaged in normal courses of travel, lights being used in legitimate agricultural activities, anyone involved in activities legitimate to his or her business or occupation. Circumstances include lawful hunting activities or any landowner or his or her immediate family, or any paid employees while working on his or her land at any time. So it is illegal to do this now in the state of Kentucky. So I'm getting ready to read the oracle to you. Now please keep in mind, what I'm getting ready to read is about 80% of the original oracle as it was written, about 20%, eh, maybe a little less, of me. Some of the wording, uh, some of the sentences and a paragraph or two just really didn't make sense in today's reading. So I had to change them a little bit. This tells the story of how two young men went about shining eyes in the 17 and very early 1800s. This particular event affected one of the hunters profoundly, so I hope you enjoy it. And the article reads as such. One night, two young men engaged in a fire hunt. Their course led them to the deeply timbered bottom, which skirted the stream that wound around to Joseph and Hester's plantation, their neighbors. That the reader may have an idea what sort of pursuit it was, we present a brief sketch of a night fire hunt. Two persons are indispensable to it. The horseman that proceeds bears on his shoulders what is called a fire pan, full of blazing pine knots, which casts a bright and flickering glare through the forest. The second follows at some distance with his rifle prepared for action. No spectacle is more impressive than this of pairs of hunters thus kindling the forest into a glare. The deer, reposing quietly in its thicket, is awakened by the approaching horseman and, instead of flying from the brilliant's glow, remains steadily glazing upon it, as if charmed to the spot. The animal is betrayed to its doom by the gleaming of its fixed and innocent eyes. The cruel mode of securing a fatal shot is called, in Hunter's phrase, shining the eyes. One young man, to which this hunt would be so decisive in his future, gave the customary signal to his mounted companion that preceded him to the spot, an indication that he had shined the eyes of a deer. The young man dismounted and fastened his horse to a tree. Ascertaining that his rifle was in order, he advanced cautiously behind a thicket of bushes to rest the right distance for a shot. The deer is remarkable for the beauty of its eyes when thus shined, The mild brilliancy of the two orbs was distinctly visible. Whether worn by an intuitive feeling about the future or arrested by the palpitation of strange feelings within, the always accurate rifle fell, and a rustling told him that the game had fled. Something whispered to him that it was not a deer, and yet the fleet step, as the game bounded away, might easily be mistaken for that of the light-footed animal. A second thought impelled him to pursue the rapidly retreating game, and he sprang away in the direction of the sound, leaving his companion to occupy himself as he might. The fugitive had the advantage of a considerable advance on him, and apparently a better knowledge of the localities of the place. But the hunter was perfect in all his field exercise, and scarcely less fleet-footed than the deer, and he gained rapidly on the subject of his pursuit, which advanced a little distance parallel with the utmost accomplishment of gymnastics, cleared the fence in a single leap. The hunter, with his rifle and gear, was driven to the slow and humiliating expedient of climbing it, but an outline of the form of the fugitive fleeting through the direction of the house assured him that he had mistaken the species of the game. His heart throbbed from a hundred sensations, among them an apprehension of the consequences of what would have resulted from discharging his rifle when he had first shined those liquid blue eyes. The dogs opened up on him as he approached the house and advertised to the master of the house that a stranger was approaching. Having hushed the dogs and learned the name of his visitor, Mr. Bryan introduced him to his family as the son of his neighbor. Scarce had the first words of introduction been uttered before the opposite door opened, and a boy apparently of seven and a girl of sixteen rushed in, panting and breathing, and seeming affright. With a red face and pale yellow color hair, the young girl stood in full view of her terrible pursuer, leaning upon his rifle, and surveying her with the most eager admiration as mr Bryan made the appropriate introductions. Both were young, beautiful, and at a period when the affections exercised their most energetic influence. The circumstances of the introduction were favorable to the result. The young hunter felt that the eyes had shined his heart as fatally as his rifle shot had ever the innocent deer of the thickets. She too, when she saw the light, open, bold forehead, the clear, keen, yet gentle and affectionate eye, the firm front, and the impress of decision and fearlessness of the hunter, when she interpreted a look, which said as distinctly as looks could say it, how terrible it would have been to have fired. As for the young hunter, he was remarkable for his backwoods attribute of never being beaten out of his track, and he ceased not to woo until he gained the heart of the young lady who became his wife. One Rebecca Bryan, or as you may know her by her married name, Rebecca Boone. For the young masterful hunter, that had something about him not to fire that had that sense about him to let him know that it wasn't a deer and then pursue an unknown prey that would become his wife was Daniel Boone now were all the details accurate with no error kind of hard to say but that was how it was written on July 5th 1853 in the Daily Evening Star Guys, Craig and I hope that you are enjoying some of these stories and, and even gaining some entertainment or knowledge uh, from them. And if you do, drop us a line at podcast at With everything Nature Alliance School, come on, join in. Let's learn together.